Everybody, welcome to one episode one seventy five of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host today, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the Brown Recluse, Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions and millions. What's up, you fucking cannibals? Um, hey guys, let's talk about something serious. Let's talk about Caveman Coffee. Guys, go to CavemanCoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory of coffee beans, coffee, hibiscus tea. Hats, shirts, hoodies, it's starting to get cold out there, kind of, you know, hoodie weather's coming up, so make sure to get yourself a Caveman Coffee hoodie. Um, Use promo code AMERICA at checkout to receive 15% off. When you receive that, you also help us, and they appreciate it, we appreciate it, and when you finally get that shit in the mail, take a picture of yourself wearing those fucking hoodies and drinking that fucking coffee and doing whatever you do with that coffee bean if you want to just bathe yourself in coffee beans do so but take a picture of it and probably good for your skin yeah it's probably good it's like a grande latte enema you can do that um and uh make sure when you do that grande latte (laughs) enema make sure to do hashtag art and jacob do america and tag us and caveman coffee in there and we will greatly appreciate that and i'll add it to our stories give yourself give you some love as well on social media so also speaking of sponsors um please make sure you go wherever they sell food and going into the ethnic food aisle or just going to the regular hot sauce aisle i don't know uh, most of these uh these places of business they have different ways of selling this sauce but um if you go to walmart it's going to be in the ethnic food aisle if you go to target it's just going to be in the regular hot sauce aisle but or if you go to like a mexican grocery store it's just where everything else is at you know uh but what i'm talking about i'm kind of talking about the flavorful the powerful the great el yucateco hot sauce guys the kings of flavor since 1968 that is 50 plus years half a century's worth of flavor uh so right now here in front of me i have the chipotle sauce uh which i've been using this week i always give you guys a flavor of the week uh this week's flavor is the chipotle and i personally like to put it in my like ground beef or ground turkey anything ground just because it does have some spice but it's not super overpowering so if you're not a if you can't really handle spicy food, 
Um, I gave my girlfriend's mom a couple of, uh, bottles of uh, El Yucateco. She likes to uh, play like she like knows what spicy is. I get for, I gave her straight up off the top. I gave her some triple X hot sauce, and then I gave her the black, which is my personal favorite, as well as you know some regular red, just because she's you know she puts hot sauce on everything. But she uses, she uses like I don't know if I should say the woman's name. Just say it. It's awkward now. I know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, tapatio. She puts tapatio on everything. I said, uh-huh. "Hey, put that shit away. That shit ain't nothing, man. You, you got you gotta get some better stuff here." So I gave her the red El Yucateco hot sauce, and she said she was putting it on her food, and she literally had to drink like three gra- three glasses of milk. So if you are not able to handle hot and spicy food like my girlfriend's mother. I really recommend using the chipotle sauce. It is a little bit spicy, but not too spicy. and But it also has a nice, sweet, smoky flavor as well. Hence why I like putting it in my ground beef and my ground turkey. Um, you mix that shit in with like some eggs or anything like that, and you'll have yourself a quality meal. So with that said, Art, do you want to jump into this week's topic? Yeah, man. This week, um, it's popular online. We decided to cover it. You guys are talking about the whole free Britney movement. It's Britney, bitch. It's Britney bitch indeed. Um, it it was a it was a wild one for me on this week because I knew it was popular online, mm-hmm. and there's so many like rabbit holes and like things I kept finding online on YouTube and like different posts and like look at this post, look at this thing, and it was just like it it was I was just like not having it. I was like not <laughs> having these things. I was just like let's get to the bottom of this. Let's get it. Let's get it. So I mean, right off the top, I mean Britney Spears, she's famous person she's like one of the biggest like pop icons that we have now you know like when you really think about it when i really sat down and did the research on it i spent a whole day just like researching everything like just basically about britney spears and it's quite amazing like i always think of her as like the baby one more time singer or whatever you know like when she first came out she helped me discover manhood yeah (laughs) me too definitely yeah that's not that song but the um you drive me crazy. Music video oh, really? was one. Yeah, that was definitely the video that like took me from boyhood to manhood. Definitely, yeah. that's how I knew I liked girls for sure. For yeah. sure, it started off with like the Pink Ranger a little bit, but like yeah. definitely morphed You're into. You're like really into Power Rangers, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you check out the Patreon episode that we spent like thirty minutes talking about Power Rangers and oh. Minstrels. But yes, you know I had a little crush on the Pink Ranger, but I had the biggest crush on Britney Spears growing up. You know, everybody in school knew that like that was my girl. You know, I didn't really necessarily like her music or whatever. I just like watching her music videos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it got so like, like comical that for Christmas, like my cousins actually got me like a Britney Spears doll. And that's oh, when nice. I knew I had to like stop playing the gimmick too much. But like, but I was like legit like in love with Britney Spears. I thought like, oh fuck, I'm gonna go to Baton. I'm gonna go to Kentwood, Louisiana. And I'm gonna marry that chick. Which later on I probably could have because she. She she's down. Dumb. She's down the dumps, man. Yeah, she did marry some dude from Fresno. I mean, oh, did she? Now. I didn't. Uh, yeah, Kevin Federline's from Fresno. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, but I think most people know. I don't want to spend too much time on her childhood, but for the most part, she's basically like Middle America, born in Mississippi, Macomb, Mississippi. Yeah, like I don't even know where that is, but it sounds super racist. It sounds like I would get dragged down dirt roads there. They have competing like KKK like fucking uh, outfits there and yeah. shit. She's labeled as a singer, songwriter, dancer, and actress. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw this from the Wikipedia. 
I was like, what songs has she written? Like, I know, like, Max Martin must have written a bunch of shit for I'm her. I'm surprised you said Max Martin, sir. I didn't think you were going to get that well, deep with the research. You don't know Max Martin? I definitely know Max Martin because he was responsible for the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. The only reason I know Max Martin is Max Martin um, invented this style of uh, pop music where there's high pitch and um, on top of low frequencies, mm-hmm. which is, like, iconic now. But it's just like I, I've been a big fan of that thing where it just to the music ear, it's kind of just like it's just full on pleasure. It's like adding sugar to to every meal. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- and he came up with that. And that was like credit to Max Martin because I've been a big fan of like things that he does and produces and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not really into that kind of music, but like you know, I, I recognize like his talent and like. He's yeah. just like a, he's like a dude that I was. I've always been a, a big fan of Swedish too. At that, like when you talk about like Sweden, you're talking about great you know groups that produce good music. Like you're talking about like ABBA. Like I mean, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. ABBA puts out some fucking hitters, as well as you know Ace of Base. Like that whole Swedish area. Like they mm-hmm. put out some bomb ass pop music. Yeah. So you have to know pop music. There's just he's just like a really really like interesting person. Like there's. There's some like weird things about him as well, like weird quirks and the fact that he's worked with all those dudes. Like one of the dudes that he worked with a lot was um, what's that boy band you like? Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. What's the blonde-haired kid? Nick Carter. Nick Carter's little brother. Aaron Carter. Uh, Aaron Carter, who is another like super interesting dude. Like I'm not even joking when I say like he's like a really like interesting dude and like um. Maybe he'll probably come up in this research. I, I, I've just something that I know about him where it's just like, he's like a dude that's like a full on musician, like actual, like talented dude where you have like his brother and the Backstreet Boys who like didn't know shit, like basically in there just being like a pervert and stuff like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand the Backstreet Boys, but like his younger brother, he, like if you ever watch his interviews, like he's so fucked up, like childhood yeah. just fucked him up. But at the same time, like he's so like just a savant when it comes to music and like all these things was just it's really interesting. Apparently, like he oh. was doing music before his older brother was. Like he was like in this like Nirvana cover band. Oh wow. As like a kid. Like at that point he must have been like nine years old. And he's like the lead guitar player for a Nirvana cover band. And then they were like, Scrap that shit. Your older brother's famous because girls like him. Like now we're doing that to you. And he's like, yeah. Okay, sure, whatever. And he beat Shaq. Yeah, he did beat Shaq. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad that I know this shit, but I do, man. It's but, like in a music video or something, right? Yeah, it's a whole song, like the day I or I beat Shaq or something. Oh, like okay, that. And then yeah. Shaq's in the music video, like, hey, Aaron Carter, I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna back you down. Apparently, it's funny that you say that because I do know a story. I did watch a whole interview with him because I was like super fascinated by mm-hmm. like his story, and he talked about how like. He didn't even know Shaq was going to be there. And like his agent called him. He's like, hey, Shaq's on his way. Did you even schedule this? Like he just found out that we were doing this music video and he's on his way now. Speaking of all this, Shaq, and this all comes full circle. Like when he played in Orlando, um, he actually had a recording studio in his house. Uh, You know, Shaq put out like, you know, seven or eight like rap albums. Um, Mm -hmm. I may or may not have one or two of those sitting right behind you. Uh, But um, he actually had a lot of those acts like Britney Spears, like Backstreet Boys, like NSYNC come through and record in his home studio. That's insane. Yeah. Thank you, Shaq and Max Martin. Wow. That's that's insane. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I wish Max Martin would have helped out Shaq. That would have been interesting. (laughs) What's the Speaking song he had? He had low like, frequencies. I love the east side. That's I a great song. No, it's not, but whatever, dude. Uh, that Straight I, playing, that's what it's called. Okay, yeah, I remember that song. I remember th- I thinking, like, 
wait, is this, what is this? Like, why is this getting played on the radio? And then like, and then I found out it was Shaq doing that. And I was like, oh, okay, of course. Like, just something for people. That's going to be the outro song now, just because of I love of the I love the Anyways, Britney Spears. Anyways, yeah. I mean, well, I, I I have it down here, too. Like, just to briefly, anybody who doesn't know Britney Spears, if you've been living under a rock the last, like, 25 years yeah, or so yeah. she's been out, you know, she's basically her career started when she was age three. She was put into dance class. She was put into vocal lessons. Um, she pretty by the age of five, like she was already winning like state competitions and shit like that. Uh, she was in gymnastics and all sorts of things, winning talent shows and whatnot. And by age eight, I was still playing with Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and shit, fucking having crushes on the Pink Ranger and shit. By age eight, she tries out for the Disney Channel's um, Mickey Mouse Club. Um, and they tell her she's too young, you know, to be on it, mm-hmm. but she's talented enough to be on it. And so what they do is they advise her mom to enroll her. And I think they actually pay for it. Disney actually pays for her to enroll into New York's uh, professional performing arts school, which is that show fame. You remember that show fame from like the eighties? No. Well, it's basically this show like about like, you know, talented, like, you know, musical and, you know, dance acts and whatnot. Like it's basically like the future, like pop stars of America or whatever. Like they, they all go through this school. It's like Juilliard or something like that mm-hmm. where they, you know, yeah, you learn like your, your math, your history and whatnot, but you also like learn, you know, you know how to have a better voice, how to be a better dancer all from like kindergarten all the way up until, you know, high school ends and whatnot. Right. So it's kind of like, it's like a very focused, you know, private school. Yeah. I, I you know, right there, I already thought there was, like, you know, those parents, the helicopter parents, now people call them that, and, like... Oh, stage moms or something? Stage moms, whatever you want to call it. Like, r- right off the bat, you can kind of tell that her parents were trying to live, like, vicariously through her mm-hmm. through her life or whatever. And it was already, like, it seemed like they were pushing her to, like, be something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, every parent wants them to be something special and, like, do great things, but at the same time, like this is the developmental stages of a kid's life where like we have the rest of our lives to like work shitty jobs and like be unhappy. <laughs> it's like, why are you doing that to your kid right now? And they should be like playing with Legos and watching Ninja Turtles. Correct. And like right after, like literally right after that, she goes to that school and I think she gets into Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. She also does kids incorporated. Oh really? Yeah. She was in kids incorporated, which like had a bunch of other like, Jennifer Love Hewitt was on there. Yeah, I think Justin Timberlake was also there for a minute, or or one of the back or Instinct Kids. Um, I don't know which Instinct Kid. But I'm just gonna. That's the only. Oh, Instinct Fergie kid. was on there from the Black IP. Fergie was, was on there. Kids Incorporated. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah. That Kids Incorporated. It's funny. Hey, my I girlfriend told me the saddest yes. story about Kids Incorporated. She was saying that. Do you remember? And I do remember this. But do you remember like how Disney Channel like you have to have like the deluxe like cable subscription like it didn't come on your basic like like it did at first but then yeah they did pull some jan- Cox Cable pulled some they janky pull, shit pulled like some that. shit and she was telling me that like she would love whenever they would give like thirty day free subscription to mm-hmm. to Disney Channel and she would watch it and she'd be like man kids are just kids. now but um i don't know anyways i don't i don't really remember kids incorporated that one. like i do and i don't like uh-huh. i don't remember it that well like i can't remember if i got kids incorporated and mickey mouse the must mouseketeers or whatever the mickey mouse club like yeah, i get those two mixed up a lot but she was like involved in the whole like disney like she was a disney product because yeah once she tried out for the mickey mouse club that first time 
they said, yeah, you're more than qualified to be on here, but you're just too young. You know, they yeah. didn't have the, they didn't have any, you know, Hollywood liberals, <laughs> pedophile yeah. liberals. I'm saying that as a joke. Okay, guys. Um, they didn't have, you know, those people, you know, in there, you know, to put her on or whatever. But, you know, they said, hey, you're you're good enough to be there, but you, you're just too young. So why don't you just re, you know, refocus your energy, you know, you know, get get your skills sharpened a little bit. You know, get your shit together. <laughs> and, you know, she gets on Broadway. She plays in a play called Ruthless. She actually goes on Star Search, which Justin Timberlake was on. And pretty much anybody who was anything, you know, in the 90s went through there with like Ed McMahon and whatnot. She's on there. A lot of clips that you see of her from a young age, you know, you get from, you know, the Star Search. I th- believe she got all the way to the finals, if you will. Uh, but then um, in 1992, she finally gets in the Mickey Mouse Club, and she's on the Mickey Mouse Club all the way from that time frame till 1996 when they actually canceled the show. And she's actually, like, one of the main Mouseketeers. And I remember her, too. I was like, oh, yeah, that that was her. So basically from the time she's, like, 11 to, like, 15, she's on that show. And she's also on there with Christina Aguilera. She's on there with Ryan Gosling. I've totally forgot that fool was on there. That's crazy. I didn't know that. He's, like, a good singer, too. Like, not only is he a badass actor. Yeah, have you fucking- seen La La Land? yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does sing in that shit, uh-huh. huh? Uh, he's a starting quarterback for the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Uh, he's the most talented dude after Tom Hardy and shit. Yeah. Uh, but also, too, uh, Kerry uh, Wilson, Justin Timberlake, and, you know, J.C. from NSYNC are also on there as well. That's wild, man. I mean, I don't know how you have it in your timeline, but if it ends in 1996, mm-hmm. three years later, she's, like, on TRL and, like, doing that whole thing. And to me, I think... To 99% of the population, that's where, or at least two people our age, that's where she becomes introduced to our lives. Yeah, she goes from a like a like a, a C-list star, like or basically just only like a childhood star, to like like worldwide famous. Like people in Bahrain know who she is now and shit. Yeah, it's wild to think back at those like that time period of um of like TRL ish like mm-hmm. stars or whatever. Like In Sync was coming up in that, and Backstreet Boys are coming up in that, and like all like. Christina Aguilera was a little bit down the line. Like, she was more like 2000, she blew up or something. Yeah, a year but, later. But Britney Spears was, like, part of that, too. And, like, I, it, it was such a weird TV show. Like, there, I don't think there will ever be any. I don't know if it's still around, but. If they it's tried a, to bring it back, and it just wasn't Yeah, hidden. just because you can't do that anymore. One, you can find YouTube's on. Uh, I'm sorry, you can find videos on YouTube any day you want. You don't have to wait for that shit anymore. Yeah. You don't have <laughs> dial-up internet anymore. But, um. The th- the thing that I thought was really interesting is the fact that people would get involved and vote and like it like it kind of mattered like if your favorite artist was on the list or whatever mm-hmm. like the next day at school, like I-, I remember like Marilyn Manson was on that shit like in the early days and mm-hmm. like the Dope Show would be on there and it's like that would be unheard of now like like Corn was on there for a long time and like Limp Biscuit like that. It was just, like, weird, like, very, very much, like... It was the make-it-or-break-it program of that generation because before that you had, like, you know, whatever fucking... uh, What's his name? American Bandstand singer Dick... What's his name? Ah, fuck. I'm blanking out all over today or whatever. But, like, yeah, every generation had that. Dick Clark? Dick Clark. There you go. Like, he had American Bandstand, you know. There was, you know, Soul Train that used to break artists or whatever. And that was, like, the late 90s, early 2000s version of that where it just broke all these artists... And then, like right, like you said, right at the top of the list, you had those boy bands like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. You know, they they were five, you know, handsome gentlemen, you know, leading the charge on that. But Britney was like right there, selling just as much, if not more. And I did not know this, but she's 
she holds like all sorts of records for being like the fastest selling, you know, solo artist, the fastest selling or the highest selling, you know, teenage artist. Because I believe like when that album, when she made that album, she was only age 15 again, which is kind of disturbing, too. That's another thing I just wanted to get into that those songs and i at the time i didn't realize it because at that time i was You're 12 like, yeah, uh, yeah i was like 13 12 whatever like she was that, 25 in your mind yeah yeah it was just like it was okay to like fantasize about like having sexual intercourse <laughs> with this girl <laughs> um but at this at the same time it's like dude like every producer in that room every executive at like interscope mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck she was coming from like sony records or whatever like knew what they were doing like they were like fetishizing like this underage girl and like and it was very much a a concentrated effort to do that because to kind of go back a little bit on the timeline when you know the mickey mouse club ends like in 96 and when you see her on the mickey mouse club she's very much like in like those like 90s clothes like the the vest and like the 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 frilly like shirt or whatever like just very covered up and like just straight hair or whatever just looks like a basic white girl or whatever right and then like Fast forward a year later, you know, the Mickey Mouse Club ends. Lou Pearlman actually, you know, picks her up. He's, again, one of the guys, like the first managers for the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC or whatever, tries to get her into this all-girl group called Innocence where, you know, they're trying to make, you know, basically the girl version of the Backstreet Boys and whatnot. And she's like, that's not really how I envision my music going. And this kind of plays into, you know, the Free Britney movement a little bit, too, where she kind of envisioned her career moving forward as kind of like a Sheryl Crow type singer. This is like, okay, the mid-90s where it's just like, that's a very big thing. Like, every day is a winding road. And you had like that song like, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover. Like that Well, I mean, she is from Mississippi, so like... I would assume country music is like a big deal to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much like every place she lived in is very like, I don't want to sound racist, <laughs> but it's very like white trash capital of the world, like Correct. places where like country music and like hanging out in some honky tonk bar <laughs> kind of thing is like the thing. Yeah. Which I get. And then like you see like, you know, her audition tapes for like the Mickey Mouse Club or whatever. But she's singing like a lot of like Whitney Houston songs. She's singing like a lot of, you know, Celine Dion, like mm-hmm. these like powerful voiced people like Mariah Carey and whatnot, which you totally do not associate Britney Spears with now because you, uh, you always associate her voice to like that. Oh, baby, baby. Like very yeah. like. That's a whole nother theory in, by itself where people say that she fakes this voice and like sings at a higher frequency and like this does. whole thing. Which, I mean, and I'll read the post later that gets into it because there's a lot of janky shit that's out there about this. But that's absolutely something that is true, like, about Britney Spears. Like, you see early videos of her, and she's very much singing like Christina. at a much lower frequency altogether. And that's her actual voice, too. A lot like Michael Jackson, where, like, everybody, everybody talks like Michael Jackson like this. Where you hear his actual voice, like it, a lot of people like to think just like, like all of the east side. <laughs> he talks all like Shaq. The west side. No, no. But uh, Michael Jackson's voice is a little bit deeper than you know is actually per- perceived. Even in in interviews with Britney during this time, everything's like very very high pitched and everything because it's a very you know cookie cutter thing, which is you know she would rebel out against later on. Like that's why you get like these it's Britney bitch kind of things and her like half naked like talking about having threesomes and shit because she was very controlled mm-hmm. from a very young age. But anyways, um, that that's pretty much the beginning of her career. And you already hit the nail on the head where it's just like from age three 
till like 17. Like she goes, she's basically had a full career at this point. Like the, if she decided to stop music or performing at this time, there's a whole legacy just right there and in itself, which is sad because that's her whole childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think her parents kind of robbed her of a, of a childhood. And even though she's made millions of dollars and lived that life, I don't know if that's ever like truly worth it to like sacrifice a child's like happiness and like basically it really fucks her up. It fucks everybody up. Like, do you know one childhood star that has like come out the other end like sane? Like they're like you look at like uh, um, different strokes. Like all three of those children actors, like Gary Coleman, you know the girl that played on there. Like she died like of like some heroin. Phoenix, uh, River Phoenix, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's brother, yeah. died in front of the steps of like the Viper Room. Like all these like childhood actors. I think uh, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio. He came out of it okay. Yeah, I mean, there's there's exceptions all the time, but yeah, I agree. I think that you, whenever, especially whenever you have the spotlight on you mm-hmm. as a kid like that, like you, look, we were just talking to Star Wars in the, in the Patreon episode, and the kid that played Anakin Skywalker in Episode One, like that dude is like all like suicidal and on drugs and like quit acting because it's like, it was the biggest movie to like come out in like years where like people the anticipation of all these like nerds were it was all on his shoulders. So if it wasn't good, they were going to hate him. And like, if it was good, they were going to hate him. Like no matter what, like there, he wasn't going to live up to Darth Vader. No, he was a fucking six year old boy. So like it creates a lot of pressure on, on unnecessary pressure on, on these kids. And, and the, the toll started to, to like weigh on her, you know, after that whole like TRL, like, you know, like lovey dovey era of, of music. And it's funny. Cause that's, that's also the, columbine era and i always think that whenever things are getting getting really bad in like society and like politically wise society tends to go super glossy and super poppy and i think that's where we are as well right now with society where like rap music is super like like travis scott has a meal at mcdonald's now like so weird isn't it and it's just like everything is just so glossy and poppy and like commercial and like puts a band-aid on the cancer yeah like you know like even rock music at that time period was like, here's Limp Bizkit. Like, (laughs) like it was just like jock rock music. Like, you know, that's where we are again. Like five finger death punch. Like it's kind of come full circle with like society's bad. And she was in the middle of all Mm -hmm. that. And like, she was the poster child for what, like what is beautiful and like, what is America? And there's like a interview of her in, in Bowling for Columbine where they're asking her political questions. And she's a fucking kid. Like mm-hmm. they're asking her these political questions and she's very ditzy and doesn't know politics and basically makes her look really bad, which whatever, like, but at the same, I think at the same time, like if you took most like 20, 20 year old kids and asked them those political questions, they would look bad. And she's just like, I think we should support the president no matter what. And she's like chewing gum while doing this. Like, I don't know what I'm saying kind of thing. Yeah. And that shit starts to weigh on you over years and years of criticism and everything. Every mm-hmm. quote you've ever said starts to bottle up and to the point where like, I think she wanted to escape that. I, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, we look at today's society and we've, we've touched on it multiple times where you look at, I mean, this is National Suicide Awareness Month. And you look at like the suicide rate, you look at, you know, the depression rate, the mental health issues that have been on the rise lately. You know, some of it is like 
artificial because you know everybody thinks you know they have a mental illness or whatever like because that's what's cool now or whatever but they're to to the point like legit conditions or whatever that is on the rise and we both speculated that a lot of it has to do with like social media and you've seen this with like michael jackson and the beatles and all this like where the paparazzi princess diana people who are in the paparazzi you know traditional media's eye they have all these like weird behavioral issues the weird mental issues that pop up later on in life just because of like you said all that criticism that they get like in the newspapers and the media and whatnot and you see that you know more prevalent too like on social media like where kids are suicidal in high school because of you know they can never escape like that criticism you know from their peers and whatnot so there is something to that that fucks with a person you know yeah definitely and i remember in high school in junior high like again when britney was hitting like a lot of girls were either in love with Britney because that's who they wanted to be or they fucking hated her because they were jealous of her. And just think of that. Like you have whole countries that either love you or hate hate you. And this is pre-Facebook, pre-MySpace or whatever. And you got to think what that does to a young developing mind. Yeah, I mean, it goes both ways though. Like the reality is like, I mean, nah, I guess it doesn't go both ways, but like there's adults pulling the strings on every aspect of mm-hmm. Britney Spears' career. And that's the part to me that's like really fucked up. Yeah. Because it's fucking up kids in like this like unrealistic like thing that they have to live up to and like what the standards of beauty are. And like I think that that's one of those reasons that like society is, you know, like things like suicide attempts and, and like, you know, depression anxiety and like you know Mm. like those types of things are on the rise is because now we have social media where every five seconds you're told that you're not like good enough and you're not rich Mm. enough you're not you have to look like these instagram models and shit yeah Yeah. you're never good enough like no matter what you do you're just not there and i think that that you know especially kids now in high school like i can't even imagine that's a developing brain like what do you tell a kid where it's like look at like this football player or this celebrity like pop music person like here's you know like what do you tell them when you're never realistically like you're never going to grow up to be like the lead singer of like Mm -hmm. rock bands aren't even popular anymore but you won't grow up to be justin beaver anymore or whatever like it's it it tolls on a kid i'm surprised school shooting well i guess school shootings are down because schools aren't open (laughs) yeah but like those types of things like really weigh on a developing mind and then like the flip side is like she was the developing mind that like was supposed to be the poster child. So every fucking crack in the crystal was like magnified times a million. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it, it must've been fucking with her. And not only that, like even like small things too, like when she, I remember, okay. So she records baby one more time when she's like 15. And then by the time, like, you know, the video and everything comes out or whatever, she's like 17, almost 18 at this point right so you got three years to play with right here so some images they get you know put out you know in the tiger beat magazines or whatever that's her at 15 like the, you know the the label like trying to you know put her out there you know do do the marketing or whatever but all this time she's aging and becoming a woman and i remember too like a lot of people would like criticize her like oh she got breast implants oh she's fake she's you know all this shit and it's just like well, no 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 she's becoming she's going through puberty in front of you. She's becoming a woman, you know, to the point where it's just like, she would say like in interviews, like that fucked her up as well. And nothing fucks up, you know, developing girl more than like when you, you know, comment on their looks or whatever, what, you know, to a point like where it's just like, 
you're saying that you know what they have their assets that you have because again Britney Spears was a very very beautiful you know young lady still still is I think in my opinion and you know just to say that like oh those aren't real you don't that's not yours those are fake boobs or whatever like that that could really fuck with somebody which leads to her mental breakdown but before we get to that mental breakdown this whole episode is based upon that free Britney movement you talked about how you know there's this you know conspiracy online I'll call it a conspiracy that she is being controlled, you know, by, you know, adults, you know, she, she currently is under conservatorship and we'll get into, you know, why that is here in a little bit, but I just want to read, you know, what, what is out there? What, what the reason why we're doing this episode, but I posted this on our, our official art and Jacob do America group in July 10th, just because I was like, Oh wow, this is a very interesting read. I don't know how true it is. And it actually got hit with a fact check, a Facebook fact check. Uh-huh which I'll bring up later. But when you read this, it's kind of flooring based off of what we're talking about. But this post is by a lady named Sarah Jo Harvey, a private Facebook account, huge Britney Spears fan apparently. But she says, PSA on Britney Spears and the free Britney Spears movement. For anyone that needs or wants more information on what is going on with her, it's a fucking rabbit hole, so buckle up. A little backstory first. Britney was a child star starting at the age of four years old on Broadway, which is not true. She didn't get to Broadway shows, so she was eight, and then worked her way up to the Mickey Mouse Club and eventually the solo career we know today. Her career has been on autopilot her entire life. If you look back at her music, she's been telling everyone for years she's too controlled and treated as a product, which we talked about right now. If you listen to the lyrics, most of her hits, examples include Lucky, Overprotective, My Prerogative, Circus, Piece of Me, and Give Me More. Real quick on that. Those songs aren't written by Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are either written by Max Martin or um, other artists altogether. I think I believe like Dido, that girl that sings on uh, Stan, she yeah. wrote some of those songs as well. So, and then my prerogative is a Bobby Brown song. <laughs> so, just to point that out there. So, just to give credence on that, her music videos, social media posts, tour props, and photo shoots regularly show her in cages or in chains. If anyone has ever seen videos of her when she was younger. You'd know her real singing voice is very similar to Christina Aguilera's. Her record label didn't like it, and as they were both on the Mickey Mouse Club and about to release their debut albums at the same time, so they had her voice trained to sing in the baby voice we all know today because they believed it to be more iconic and would create a brand and career for her instead of her real voice, which I indicated earlier is absolutely true. Like when she got with Lou Pearlman and they started to create the Baby One More Time album, that Cheryl shit, that Cheryl Crow shit she wanted to do wasn't going to cut it for what they envisioned for her career. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's unhealthy and it's been destroying her voice over the years. Thus, she is known for lip singing. She wanted to make her an acoustic type pop album in 2006 titled Original Doll and reinvent herself using her real voice, which is true. The album was shelved and canceled once her label realized she would be singing in her real voice. She isn't allowed to sing live because she will either fail terribly or, or she'll have to sing in her real deep voice that she isn't known for. Her entire career, she has been treated like a product and meant to sell, which stated throughout this episode now for the realty everyone remembers the 2007 meltdown everyone leading up to the meltdown britney was going through a public divorce had two children under the age of two at the time and was very much in the focus of the public we all saw her on every magazine cover we all also saw the photo of her with one of her kids on her lap while driving go on a youtube once and look up britney spears paparazzi paparazzi you'll watch her be chased and followed by hundreds of them even trying to get into a public restroom to photograph her, videotaping her in tears, asking them to leave her alone, 
and even filming her through the window of an ambulance while she was naked being taken away for her final mental health hold. So we'll get into, you know, the, the, you know, that era of her life as well. But a lot of that is true. After the public meltdown, uh, shaving her head, locking herself in her home with her children, speaking in a British accent on a regular basis, wearing the infamous pink wig everywhere, and shopping naked. She was hospitalized twice. After the hospitalization, her father petitioned the courts to be a temporary uh, conservator to her until she was mentally stable and for one year, and for one, no, she has a bad grammar here, and for one year's time, two months after her hospitalization, she did a guest appearance on How I Met Your Mother. Six months after her hospitalization, she drops the Womanizer video and starts to promote her new album, Circus, with its world tour that grossed $131.8 million. It, if she's so unwell, why does she start working right away? Her father, after one year, petitioned the courts for the conservatorship to become permanent due to her allegedly having early-onset dementia in her 20s. It passed and has been that way ever since, so for 12, for 12 years to be exact. Now, everyone that doesn't understand what that means, let me break that down for you. Britney Spears is now 38, a 38-year-old woman who is not allowed to do the following without her father's permission or he can legally lock her up in a mental health facility. She can't drive a car, vote, get married, have children, spend her own money, see how her money is being spent, see her children. She only has 30% custody of both her boys due to her dad assaulting one of her sons. Leave her home, hire her own lawyer, have any control over her career, speak about the conservatorship publicly, do interviews that aren't scripted, and all final cuts are approved by her father as well. Use a cell phone without being monitored. Use social media unmonitored. Uh, contact anyone without being monitored or having them extremely vetted. For example, Iggy Azalea allegedly had her house searched for drugs top to bottom when they collaborated on a song together You know, earlier in the year. She can't go shopping by herself. Can't go for walks by herself. When was this posted, by the way? Uh, July tenth, this year of twenty twenty. Can't go to. Iggy Azalea is still around. I think so. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> a conservatorship is meant for people with mental health issues or decaying health. Most likely, grandparents or people with actual dementia. Uh, they are meant for people who literally cannot take care of themselves. If she is so unwell that she isn't mentally capable of doing anything for herself, why is she still working? Since the conservatorship began 12 years ago, she has released four albums, done three world tours, did a four-year Vegas residency, was a full-time judge on The X Factor, which I guess was some, like, you know, talent show on TV, released multiple perfumes and a lingerie line, made $138 million or so a year. So every year since 2007. Yeah. In January of last year, Brittany was placed in a mental health facility for three months after being seen driving her car to in and out with her boyfriend without permission and refusing to take the sedating medications her father and doctors have been prescribing her to keep her under control. She testified to a judge in documents that she was held there against her will by her father after it was leaked to the press that she was there against her will. The Free Britney movement picked up speed, causing the judge to open the investigation into the impact and the legality of her conservatorship has on her life. Britney's mother, Lynn, was also liking and commenting on Free Britney posts, saying that she agrees that Britney is trapped by her father. Britney's team had Twitter disable the Free Britney hashtag and regularly threatens any celebrity that speaks out using the hashtag with a lawsuit if they don't remove their support for the movement. She was seen shortly after leaving a hotel through the front door. 
99% of celebrities park underground to avoid paparazzi unless they want to be photographed. Stumbling while carrying her shoes and out of it. Her team used that moment to justify the public, justify to the public that she needs this conservatorship. She is not allowed to have any say in the hiring or firing of anyone on her team. Every year she pays $1.1 million in fees for the conservatorship to continue, including paying her father a solid 100 k salary and paying a lawyer she isn't allowed to choose. She is allowed an allowance of around $1,500 a week for bills, shopping, and essentials. Her net worth as of today is over $250 million. So when everyone sees her on Instagram waking up, walking up and down hallways like it's a fashion show, that's all she is allowed to do. She has never had control over her life or her music. I don't care if you personally like her or her music. No one deserves this. All this mo- woman wants is to see her children, make the music she wants to make, and go get a Frappuccino in her own car. She's a light of sunshine in this world, and we must protect her, support free Britney movements, and good vibes her way, blah, 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 blah. Basically, just starts fangirling at this point. Yeah. But, but basically, that's what the whole uh, free Britney movement is about in a nutshell. And I told Art before we started recording that for me to paraphrase that like as kind of like a non-fan didn't seem like it would give it justice. So I wanted to read that post um, and kind of get like your take on it before we go into the actual – because this got hit with a fact check, a very – thick fact check yeah from multiple sources because there's a lot of stuff that is right and a lot of stuff that isn't right but before we get into any of that art what do you what are your feelings after hearing all of that so i think a lot of it is like whenever you just go off your gut like i i i agree with her on some things i agree with her that why is she touring if she is mentally and it is it is by court you know, she went through a court and a judge approved that she is uh, suffering from the beginning stages of uh, dementia. Mm-hmm. And um, so to me, like, that's not like her dad just made that up. Like, you can't just be like, this, she's making, she's getting dementia. Like, you need <laughs> to actually have like a doctor go through this if it's going to go through a court procedure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's definitely, you know, mental illness definitely plays a part. And this is, she's not the first person that's had to go through this. Um, She's, she just seems like she is mentally disturbed at this point in her life. I don't understand why they're still having her work. She might have a contract that's unbreakable at this point where she has like a certain amount of records that she has to put out mm-hmm. before she's released from her contract. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I have no idea. But as I was doing my research for this episode, I kind of started to believe that she she's clearly suffering some from either like a bipolar bipolar disorder or you know clearly suffering from like you now avoidant personality disorder something like that i don't I, I didn't get dementia but at the same time it's like it it's there i mean all the all the all the signs point to yes there's definitely some kind of mental illness especially when you have such a large mental breakdown like mm-hmm. it you know, there, whenever someone starts dealing with, um, with like anger issues or something like that, like there's un, so there's something underlying there, like so there's where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And we got to see the fire part of it when she like shaved her head off and started breaking a window with like an umbrella in the middle of the street. Like these are clearly not the actions of someone that's okay. Like this is not just angry. This is not just I'm having a bad day. This is like a full on like mental breakdown, and those are real things that take many years of like therapy of trying to get back to feeling like yourself, which is 
which is like a real thing. Like it's a real thing that people need to understand that this isn't, and you, there's, there's a lot of people that I'm sure people have coworkers that still go to work every day and like mm-hmm. lace it up and still like, you know, the quarterback to the, to the Dallas Cowboys is like yep. struggling with depression and anxiety and he's going to lace it up in a few hours to like play a football game. Like someone could be asking like, well, why is he doing that? Like the reality is like you, you can still function, but the reality is that you have to take care of like those, like, you know, eight hours that you're alone. Those are the ones that will fuck with you. And I'm sure those are the ones that are fucking up with Britney Spears and her like ability to function as a functional human being. And she doesn't even get those eight hours alone. And I looked up some of those videos, you know, Mm -hmm. that they were talking about, like, you know, the paparazzi and it's fucking, it's wild. Like we got to see Michael Jackson go through it and look how that turned out. Yeah. And, you know, he basically died, you know, trying to cope, you know, there's been countless celebrities have been doing this, but you look it up like, yeah, some of those videos are true. Like there's a video of her, like, you know, and I'll get into like some of the details of it, but like, you know, she's, she's dealing with a lot of personal stuff and, you know, just that, even just having that moment, just to cry by yourself. Sometimes people just need to let out a good cry, whether it's in the shower, whether, you know, it's, you know, in your front porch, whether it's in your pool, whatever it's at, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just need to have a good cry Yeah. with that person on the phone, go to Taco Bell in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? We all yeah. need those times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But like, if you got like a mob of paparazzi asking you, you know, for a picture and all this shit, and you're just asking, can you please go away? Even like when she has to jump out of the car, like, uh, you know, on a car trip or whatever, like she's you know, jumping out to a CVS to go use the restroom. Like there's dudes following her into the restroom. 21 year old young lady, right? That's Uh still very young. You know, yeah, you're old enough to drink, but she's 21. I believe when this happens, dudes are following her into a fucking restroom. You know, when she needs to pop a squat or do whatever she needs to do there, you know, that's disturbing. You know, that fucks with somebody. So much fucking, you know, you mentioned, you know, Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. He's dealing with that. Uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on our Patreon episode. James Hetfield is still dealing with shit that happened in, you know, the late eighties when his, one of his best friends dies like in a bus accident, you know, because he's such this macho, you know, super metal guy and he hides all those feelings away. Well, guess what? Later on in life, those things resurface and, you know, you have substance abuse issues pop up, which happens with Brittany. You know, there's, there's episodes of substance abuse, but, a lot of this, you know, we covered, you know, at the beginning of this episode, like that whole childhood missing and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. That's enough in itself. We could, we, we could not cover anything and else. that's what we know. Like there's, I'm sure in every family, there are stories that are not told of, you know, whether it be abuse and I'm not accusing anyone or family of abuse or anything like that, mm-hmm. but there are things like, you know, that will fuck someone up. You know, we know the things that we know of Dak Prescott or whatever, you know, like that small. Yeah, that small. That's what we get. One of the one of the ones that I thought was really interesting and like one of the first people to actually come out. I know like Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan are in the NBA are very outspoken about their like mental health. Mm-hmm. But before that, I remember when Brandon Marshall was talking about when he got diagnosed with having um like borderline personality disorder and, and avoidant personality disorder and like a lot of like the the Conscious person is just like the average person, I guess, would be like, well, what do you, what do you have to deal? Like, you're a rich dude. Like, you're living <laughs> fine. Like the re- and I, I've said this a lot of times. I think it has to do a lot of like people that grow up either in poverty and like grew up in these like macho environments or whatever, where like you are kind of told to bury these hurt mm. feelings, and then as an adult, they tend to bottle up as like full on anger and like 
dumb activities where you end up like going to jail when it's like like this is like some mental health issue where you have like <laughs> like thousands of people in prison right now because they made some stupid mistake where they like stab some dude for no real reason it's like to prove their manhood yeah and yeah. this is the reality is like a lot of this is like I, like some mental health issues that could have been addressed at, at an earlier age mm-hmm. but we don't do that shit like our society is not built like that because we want to we want everything to look pretty and and mm-hmm. like neat like the image of what britney spears is britney spears is actually like the perfect poster child now of like this is what we want people to be like. We want them to be happy and beautiful and all this shit. The reality is that no one's like that. And the reality is like this Britney Spears now of like, of, of mental health and like having issues with going through like three divorces or something like that. And like Mm -hmm. children, she's not allowed to see. And although she has money, like we have, we've been fed this like reality that money will cure all things and like make you happy. She has money, but reality is, she doesn't even have access to the majority of it. Yeah. Like, and like we were saying with like the whole childhood being robbed, you know, for our entertainment kind of thing, you know, putting through, you know, the gambit, you know, she doesn't even get to be her own artist, you know, basically, you know, when she's a child and most of her music deals with that. Like when she, that, you know, that post was talking about like those songs or whatever. Again, most of those songs about those things that she was talking about, Britney didn't write. Those were written by other artists and she was yeah. just the voice that was chosen. I believe Lady Gaga's Telephone, that was actually supposed to be a Britney Spears song and Britney either turned it down or this is like when all this was happening so it went to Lady Gaga, who, I mean, who is an actual artist. She can write and produce and do all her own music or whatever. I'm not downplaying Britney's talent or whatever because she's a hell of a dancer. She can sing. You know, she can perform. She obviously touches people's lives or whatever but just to point that out, a lot of the songs she does write were around this time when in 2002 because she does get into a relationship with Justin Timberlake that was like at the height of like perfection that was America's couple right there you know everyone knows the iconic photo of them like in the matching jean outfits or whatever right that was (laughs) a denim from head to toe yeah and everybody that that was like the relationship that everybody strived to be this is like the perfect girl this is the perfect guy they're gonna marry and they're gonna have perfect children and like this is what everybody's gonna aspire to be but reality is they break up and according to Justin, she cheated on him. And some people say it was with one of her dancers. Some people say she was this. She was already, you know, going off the deep end a little bit. And one story, I can't confirm if this is true or not, but just to put it out there, like this is where she's at in 2002, is that, you know, she had a, a, quite a few gay backup dancers and she cheated on Justin with a gay backup dancer because she said that I'm so hot that I can turn you straight or whatever. And, made him have sex with her or whatever i don't know if that's true or not but something happened they break up or whatever and i don't care who you are you know if you've been dating someone if you've known someone since childhood they knew each other since star search before the mickey mouse club right you knew them their whole child this is somebody that knows what your lifestyle is like they someone you can relate to and then that ends whether it's your fault or their fault or whatever right that's gonna hurt they both are on record as saying they they that was a messy breakup for both of them right that's gonna hurt somebody then in 2002, Fred Durst is going around saying that, you know, he slept with both her and Christina Aguilera or whatever. That kind of fucks with the person's mind. 2004, you know, she marries her childhood friend in Vegas. And quickly, you know, they the parents have to annul that marriage because, oh, shit, Brittany, you're worth like $400 million at this time. You can't just nilly-willy, you know, just marry someone in Vegas or whatever. Because she said that they just did that, you know, as a joke or whatever. But, no, this is real shit. This is where you start to see like, oh, 
She doesn't yeah. know the 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 consequences of her actions, which could fuck her up. You know what I'm saying? This dude could take half of your fortune just like that. And then later on in that year, you know, she actually meets Kevin Federline, you know, who goes on to be, you know, her baby dad and future husband or whatever. You know, they quickly get, they meet in July and they marry in October. And then later on in 2005, they already have their first kid, you know. And then not even a couple months later, you know, after she has that kid, she gets pregnant again by him. And then a couple months after they have that second child, they're already filing for a divorce. So look at this time frame. She's gone through a divorce already. She's gone through a messy breakup. She's married some deadbeat dude. <laughs> Kevin Fairline by no means is a shining person by any means or whatever, but she's she's going through a lot. She's had two children. Postpartum depression is a real thing. Oh, yeah, by the way, she's had this fucking, like, two decades worth of, like, childhood trauma. Her dad, it, from all accounts, was an alcoholic and mentally abusive. You know, he wasn't physically abusive. Her mom and dad at this time are getting a divorce. And then in 2006, you know, while she's going through this divorce or whatever, that's when you see that picture of her with you know her one of her children on her lap as opposed to in the the car seat which Mm -hmm. i mean my dad's taking me on like many car trips or whatever down the street to the store to get beer Mm -hmm. with him on his lap and i'm pretending like i'm driving like you know as a child of the 80s like (laughs) i've done that you know as a kid yeah but in reality in the 2000s or whatever that's not safe behavior you know and by the way she's got millions of people watching her do that and that's when you know the court starts to see this like, Hey, you're not making sound decisions, you know? And then once the divorce is final, they get split custody of the children. And then all of a sudden, like when it's time to, you know, for the kids to go to their dad's house, she doesn't want to give up the children. This is like where everything starts to, you know, unravel for her. She's locked herself in, you know, the bathroom, she's naked or whatever. Kevin Federline has to call the cops to, you know, get the children from her the cops come in and see that she's almost on the verge of overdosing from some unknown su- um, substance. And this is where you get that whole thing like where she's naked and, you know, the ambulance or whatever. And yeah. She's having like this full fucking meltdown or whatever. She's on some kind of drug. They don't know what she is, but she has to spend time, you know, in the hospital for quite a few weeks. And then all the while, like you said earlier, she has all these contractual ob- obligations. I believe she's only four albums deep at this time period but she still has to release four more albums and by four more albums, she has to release them every single year. So contractually, she's still fucking a product of the system at this time. Can you imagine you have all of this going on? Divorces, children, fucking, I have to get back into shape. She's suffers like knee injuries, trying to get back in shape. She says like massive, like fucking cartilage scars on her knees and shit. And it's just like, oh, shit, like all that stress of being, you know, the number one, you know, pop singer, you know, in all of the world or whatever. She has all uh-huh. this on her soul, shoulder. And I can't blame her at this point for having that mental breakdown. Yeah. And, man, like, I don't even think people really understand, like, what a mental breakdown is. That's, that's one of those things that, like, like, it's not just a fucking bad day or a bad week like this is like Mm -hmm. mental breakdown like literally means that you're probably going to be dealing with this for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. like you're this is something that you're going to have to either like work through like really work through getting these these situations because it's something that'll scar you and create a mental block in you in you for the rest of your life 
you know, or, or you're going to go down that path of like full on drug addiction, like mm-hmm. suicidal borderline, like just crash and burn type of thing. But it's a very real thing. Like when people use that phrase of like mental breakdown or whatever, that's a real thing. Like that's essentially like soldiers that come back with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they don't like to acknowledge, but that is something that like they'll have to battle for the rest of their life. Like it's not like a joke where it's like something where it's a, like dead presidents. Watch that movie. Yeah. It, it's, it's very, it's a very real thing where like it'll fuck with you. Like it, it just, you're going to have to just battle for the rest of your life. Sadly, but that's the reality of what you're going through now. And it just does not magically go away mm-hmm. like Trump says coronavirus will. Um, and this is about the same time where, you know, the court, like I said, the courts are getting involved. There's two children here. They're both under the age of two, right? And, you know, the court has to see what's best for the children. And this is when she loses all custody of the children. You do something like that, you lose all custody of the children. That's enough to, for a mental breakdown just in itself. But then she has to go back to a mental health facility and they put her on a 5150 watch, which is, you know, at a psychiatric ward at UCLA. Now, a majority of the free Britney movement talks about that she's continuously being held against her will. That's the textbook definition of what 5150 is. Like nobody voluntarily says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 5150. 5150 means like we need to we need to put this person in a mental health facility it's going to be against their will. They're going to go there kicking and screaming, but it's the best thing for them because they're a danger to themselves, which at this point she was, and to others, which those others are two little babies at this point. And again, I'm not going to falter after everything we just talked about right now. I'm, I feel for her so much right now. You know what I'm saying? That's such a fucked up situation. And then in the midst of all this happening, the one person in this world dies and that one person is this a family member no is this you know some friend she met along the way not necessarily the friend that i'm talking about here is michael jackson now this is i was listening to a bunch of podcasts about like you know this whole situation and a lot of them were just like fangirls or fanboys like saying like oh she deserves to have everything and whatnot and i've made this we throughout this episode we've talked about this the person that reminds me of most about this is michael jackson and during this time period, you know, before like the courts got involved or whatever, the person that she would relate to was MJ. They would meet up and they would get a hotel room. Now, there's nothing perverted or whatever, but they would just sit in the hotel room and sit in silence just because they both knew what each other was going through. Nothing had to be said. It was kind of like that scene out of Pulp Fiction where, you know, Uma Thurman and, um, fucking Vincent Vega are at the, the table or whatever and get, get, you just know that's like your person like when you can just yeah, sit yeah. in silence or whatever and that's what it reminded me of like they would just get a hotel room and just sit there in silence because those are the only two people that can relate to each other in this whole world and I thought that was to me that that hit me hard I was doing yard work and I heard that shit and I just had to I had to stop for a minute and compose myself a little because I was like dude that's deep right there you know they're both had multiple ment- mental breakdowns. They both have been hounded by the press. They both, God knows what, you know, and everything. And they're both, Michael's like literally, you know, at this time period, it, th- these are his final days or whatever. And the only person that he can relate to is Brittany, you know, and I can see why now, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's fucking nuts. Like this, this whole thing. I mean, I don't know how much you have in your notes, but like, the whole thing of of her 
not needing help, I guess. The whole, like, free Britney movement. As I started to do, like, the research or whatever on this, it, I started to kind of change my tune. Like, at first I was like, yeah, it seems like on her Instagram and her, I guess, like, TikTok or something, like the videos that she films for her Instagram, mm-hmm. like, she'll reference things that it'll be like, like, there's one about, like, the the movie Frozen. She's like, my favorite scene is, like, there's one scene between these two timestamps or whatever, and it's like it's like a 30-minute gap or whatever, but somebody, like, narrowed it down to, like, the Elsa girl saying, like, yeah, I just want to be free. And so, like, mm-hmm. like, I almost feel like, I know her fans are trying to help, but I almost feel like they're doing more damage. Damage. Because at some point, like, I'm sure a lot of those comments, she's reading them, and, like, it, it just creates a higher level of frustration and like anxiety of that she's not in control of her mm-hmm. actions and and her world and it's not like she's not aware of it like she's battling in court like what mm-hmm. are you what are you gonna do about it it's not like you're just gonna break in there and free her and like she's <laughs> fine like and it all comes to me it all boils down to as a society like the lack of understand understanding of like what mental health issues can create in in a person Mm-hmm. And there is just a huge lack of understanding of like what what it is. Like I think we still have like the whole like you're crazy or you're not crazy kind of thing. You know, like you're either that homeless guy yelling in the middle of the street or like you're not. And the reality is like there's so much like of what 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 falls in there. Like mm-hmm. and there's still like a huge stigma. Like you know we we've referenced Dak Prescott and like Dak Dak Prescott got like. Like um, what's that dude? The, the Skip Bayless and the yeah. other guy, like uh, Shannon Sharp. Yeah, like they had that show, and basically he was like criticizing him, like, as the captain of America's team, you shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. And, and like, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, like the to me, like that. That's where like we are as a society, and like, um, there's no empathy. There's there's no empathy, and there's also like a bullshit quality. Like the bullshit quality of what society tells us is like okay to do, like we glorify the Britney Spears when they're like on, on when they're doing an award show, when they're entertaining you, when they're entertaining us. But we, that's what we idolize. Like the beautiful part of it. We idolize like the Kobe, the mama mentality. When in reality, it's like, that's great for work ethic and not to knock him. I know you love Kobe and, and I have a lot of respect for him, but that's great for work ethic. And that's great for all these things. But the reality is like, if someone's suffering, like there is no suffering in silence. It doesn't make it greater. You're not healing. You know, there's no such thing as, like, healing from, like, cutting yourself more. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the reality of it. Like, you know, as a United States, like, I, this is my whole issue with, with everything, like, health issues. You know, we talked about the, the dude that played Black Panther or whatever. Like, the fact that he didn't come out and say anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, in my opinion, there's, like, a huge stigma for actors that will randomly stop acting. We don't really know what happened. What happened to the dude that used to play the original Hulk guy? Or, like, what happened to that guy? Like, we never see him anymore. A lot of it is, like, you know, there's real diseases that, like, will happen, and we just kind of forget about these guys, and they go into obscurity and just mm. don't act anymore. And it almost seemed like Marvel was kind of ready to write that guy out of the script anyways, like his sister was going to take over and all these things. Like, like Marvel was almost ready for him to, like, get too sick to act anymore kind of thing. And, like, that's the whole stigma of, like, those types of things in Hollywood. And in society, like, like people, like, if somebody's, like, depressed, they'll say, like, you know, just, just cheer up. It'll be fine, man. Just go, like, just go, like, drink more water or whatever, like, bullshit thing. Like, go go for a jog. And, like, like that's where we are. We're just so uneducated with those types of things. There you go, yeah. Th- that, um, 
when you get all these fans like chiming in, like Monday morning quarterbacking the whole situation. And I want to point out too, a lot of these people, like what what they say, like I know it comes from a good place. Like, yeah, they, definitely. Yeah. They, I know they care about this. Is like their idol. Like my girlfriend and I, we saw her in Vegas twice or whatever, right? And you see those fans. Those fans are fucking fanatics, dude. Like she has a big, big, two big populations of fans. Like there's like like you know women, females, like that idolize the fuck out of her. You know for all the things that you just mentioned. And then like she has a very large, you know, you know gay fan base as well just because you know she speaks you know to you know lgbtq rights and whatnot like she's a big figurehead for that so you got people that like just love her as an icon or whatever and but at the same time they're ignorant like you said to all of those things that encompass this very fucking delicate and detailed situation the whole conservatorship like a lot of people like when i hear them talk about it you can tell they're very ignorant to something that's very complex you know I've had to deal with that a lot, you know, conservatorships or whatever. And I can't say at what capacity or whatever to save from getting, you know, in trouble or whatever. But, like, those things are very complex. Like, like you mentioned earlier, you don't just fall into that. Like, some, I can just say, oh, art's got a problem. I need to be as conservative. That just doesn't happen. Like, there's a lot of mental health professionals that have to look at you. They have to sign off on that. And we're never going to quite know all of the things in her medical file because, that's HIPAA. That goes against HIPAA law. We're not just going to know everything that's wrong with Britney. And her little sister, Jamie Lynn, even like blasted like Halsey and Paris Hilton. Like all these celebrities are saying that, oh, she needs to be free. Because like you don't know like what goes on behind the scenes. Only the family knows. And I support that because it's not – it's like somebody's medical condition we, you shouldn't be forced to share that if you're not comfortable with that. You know, if I have something wrong with me, like let's say I have like a heart condition. I'm not saying I do. Don't worry, guys. But if I had a heart condition or whatever, like the worst thing I or depression, if I had really bad depression or something like that, if I was that popular or whatever, I wouldn't want people asking me, oh, how are you feeling every five seconds? Because that would almost make me more depressed. You know, be, and the same thing with Brittany. If she's got mental problems or whatever, like she's got this feed of fans. Like there's podcasts literally called Britney's Instagram, who's kind of started this whole free Britney, you know, movement or whatever, mm -hmm. which is a whole podcast just dedicated to talking about the photos she posts like on Instagram. Yeah, and shit. yeah. Like when people are just constantly chiming in about your mental health, that's not necessarily going to make your mental health that much better. So a lot of the stuff, you know, we're not going to know about like her mental state because of HIPAA laws. Like th those, those are private. Like, even the government can't get into your medical file without you consenting to that. And a big problem, too, is, is, like, a lot of people are misinterpreting some of the actions. Like, her father, who has been the conservator and I think now is no longer the conservator, which is all that Brittany wanted because she's clashed with her father over the years, right? But he wants a lot of this to be private. And I don't blame him because that's that's a private issue between her and her family. Like, not it shouldn't be open for the public to, you know— you know, criticize or, you know, make comments about like, cause that's almost going to do more damage than good in my opinion, you know? Mm -hmm. And not only that, but in California, which her conservatorship is based in the, the, in California, somebody who has a conservatorship can ask to have that revoked and the court can independently review that, which the court has this year in 2020. This is something that has, has happened. And, they can ask for the conservatorship to be revoked, which Brittany has never requested for that to happen. 
The only thing that she's wanted is that her father, because she's had personality clashes with, and I'll say that, like, like, yeah, like, when you look at the background between the family dynamic or whatever, it's like the dad's like an alcoholic disciplinarian or whatever, and, you know, mentally abusive if what whatnot, but he's the one that's in charge of this. She's continually asked, like, for a separate, you know, independent party, which I believe a Jody Montgomery, who's like a mental health professional, she asked that she be the um, conservator, who is temporarily right now the conservator. And another thing, too, that I think people get misconstrued about, they say that everybody is making money off of Britney Spears. Like, yes, she's continually, it seems like every year, puts out a new album. She did a four-year residency, you know, of Las Vegas and whatnot. And, you know, she or her team, I should say, negotiated that for every show that she does in Vegas, and she did four years' worth of shows almost like we every weekend, every show she's going to earn $500,000. And everybody thinks like, oh, everybody's profiting off of her. Well, no, they're not. You know, the court sets aside a limited amount of money for whoever the conservative is. So when her dad was the conservator, he was only getting $100,000 a year, which, I mean, $100,000, that's still a very big amount. Mm-hmm. but it's still like he's not like putting her on, he would get that amount whether he put her on tour you know let her release albums if you will if, or whatnot but then there's another co-conservator which was like this lawyer um shit i had his name down andrew wallet and i think a lot of people demonize the father when the father actually said like hey andrew wallet wants to have a raise you know to, to help take care of um you know, this conservatorship because the dad was the conservator over her personal well-being, like, you know, monitoring her medication, you know, you know, green lighting, whether she can, you know, go to Starbucks or McDonald's or whatnot or whatever. Yeah, He's yeah. conservator over like her day-to-day operations. And then Andrew Wallet was the conservator for like assets in her estate and property or whatever, like the legal st- shit or yeah, whatever, yeah. right? Well, this Andrew Wallet guy was asking for a bigger raise. And the, he got shut down, and so he quit on them because he couldn't get a bigger race. So I feel like the even with all the problems with the dad or whatnot, he still put a kibosh to people trying to take advantage of her estate. Even put in 2009, her one of her fiancés that she's had, like multiple, like every agent that she's had, like she ends up being her fiancé whatever, like the dad put um, restraining orders on him and a couple of lawyers or whatever that were all trying to get, you know, all of her assets, you know, transferred to them. Like, I don't know if you saw the documentary on um, uh, Walter Mercado. Well, that basically happened to that, like where he signed away all of his rights to his, and his likeness and his name to yeah. like this random ass dude or whatever. So he got no money from them. they were. Tr- those people were outside of her family trying to do that to her. And her father actually protected her against that, which doesn't come up in this whole free Britney, you know, movement or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I get it. She does have personal problems with her father, but her family is taking care of her. And I believe even as recently as this week, her little sister, Jamie, is if Britney Spears dies, she becomes trustee of all of her assets. So I believe Britney Spears is worth, you know, $450 million right now. If Britney Spears dies, she becomes trustee to all of her assets, but she has to move all of those assets to a trust to her both of her children, which to me, it, it sucks that it has to be like that, but to me is the most sound movement because that way nobody can get involved. Anything that she gets, basically, 
goes right to the kids. Mm -hmm. And if she was to get out of this conservatorship and I can't say that that would happen because you see she married randomly some dude for 55 hours or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. She stopped taking her medication earlier in the year and you know, everything started to go to shit. Like there's a whole bunch of backstories on this shit, but at the, at the same time, like it seems like the family are doing what's best for her at this time and her kids. Cause you got to remember there's two fucking kids here. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think that they are doing what is best for her. And I don't think that her fans are taking the mental health part of it that seriously. I know that it seems like, hey, she seems like she's performing fine. Like she did that mm-hmm. Vegas thing or whatever. Like you can still hold a job down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like not to keep using Dak Prescott as like a reference, but it's just like you're not just fucking crazy from now on. You're not. You're, what Charles Manson perceives. Yeah, yeah, you're not just a homeless guy yelling, but at the same time, like... And maybe that's her therapy, too. That's the way I started to look at it. Maybe her Vegas residency, that was therapy. Like, on one side of the token, like, Vegas is probably the worst place for somebody that has substance abuse issues and mental health issues, but also, at the same time, one of the best places to be at because she's at Planet Hollywood. She has her own fucking room. She's right down the street from all sorts of medical facilities that are there for her substance abuse issues or mental health issues. Like everything's like in house, like within a hop, skip and a jump and away. And guess what? You get to record, you get to dance every night. You're not being flown from, you know, Paris to France and having to deal with all these shitty characters, like from one city to the next, like everything's right there. People are able to be right there to help you through anything. Those, like you said, those eight hours when you're alone, someone's right there to be with you right there in that second. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I maybe she was looking for the stability. The stability part is is the uh, the part that I think fucks with most people. But I don't mean like you don't want ever want to be alone. I just think mm-hmm. that like the moment every I think it's healthy for every person to be alone. Like you oh, have yeah. you have to have the alone time. But I think most people's alone time doesn't turn into dark thoughts. Like you don't go into dark places. And I think that's the part that I think most people don't understand. Whether whether it be like Dak Prescott or Britney Spears or Kevin Love or DeMar DeRozan, like it's that shit that all of a sudden will go from like, hey, you know, I'm fine, I'm playing in in the NBA Finals or whatever, or like I'm about to do a Sunday night football game or I'm gonna play a show at Las Vegas. You can do that shit just fine, mm-hmm. but the reality is like after that show and you're alone and now you're like, you know, I'm not saying it's gonna be every time, but I'm sure there's moments where like. That thing, that weed pops up from yeah, the concrete. That yeah, that one thing that'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't, like, I'm not happy. Like, you know, like, or, yeah, I don't, whatever whatever it may be. Like, you and know, Kev- Kevin Love talking about, like, not trusting his body. is Like, that to me is, like, groundbreaking to hear a, you know, an like, NBA guy, like, a dude who's, like, a top physical condition talk about not trusting his body. And, you know, you know like, when he had his huge panic attack, he had it in front of, you know, a live audience where he had to like run to the locker room to like catch his breath because he thought he was having a heart attack. That's like the most like relatable shit to me in my opinion because I think I told you like when I when I had a huge panic attack, I did I really thought I was like dying. Like I was like this I'm dying. Like I was like I, I better call an ambulance because I think I'm having a heart attack. I don't know what the fuck's happening to me right now. Uh-huh. Like it's one of those things that it takes forever. I, I still like that was early 2019. We're in like towards the end of 2020. Like, I haven't gone over that to the point where I trust my body, mm-hmm. like, where I feel like myself again, where I'm, like, you know, every, like, ache and pain to me, like, mentally. And it, I, it's too, it'll become a too long of an episode if I go into, like, 
describing what got me to that point where I don't trust my body and I've been around like way too many sick people to like trust myself kind of thing. But I mean, that's, that's the reality. Like, you know, like that's, that's the part that I think people don't understand in the free Britney movement that it's like, you might hear me fine on this podcast and I'll go to work and I'll laugh and hang out and go to have dinner with my girlfriend. But you know, like most people don't see like the fucked up parts where I don't sleep all night for two nights in a row. And I'm just like, like afraid that I'm going to die in the middle of the night kind of thing. You know, like that's the part that I don't think people understand about mental health. It's Mm -hmm. just like, it's not a, it's, it's, it's that constant like thorn in your side that, you know, like you can deal with it for a certain amount of time, but there's moments where that shit's going to get too painful to, for you to deal with. And that's it. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think like that's like a side of the fan base that doesn't get it. And that's like 90% of the videos you see, like when you research this on YouTube, one guy that popped up that was echoing everything that you were saying, and I wish I would have wrote it down just to give him his channel a little bit more love, but he was saying the same thing. He says he works like in a mental health facility. He goes, a lot of people don't understand, like, because a lot of the issues that pop up recently is like her dad, like yanked the whole, like the new Vegas residency. Cause I guess she was going to start a new one at the uh, MGM park or whatever. And um, he yanked that from her and he says, Hey, just blame it on, you know, my colon exploded or whatever. Right. <laughs> like, cause they, they, in the media, he said like her dad had like a life threatening like condition or whatever. And like, I guess she had like a full on like breakdown earlier in this year or whatever and had to go to 5150 again to a mental health facility. He's like, Hey, just blame it on me. So that way they don't think you're going crazy again or whatever. And I'm sure he did have something wrong with his colon, but like at the same time, it's just like, she wasn't taking her medications. And a lot of these peep fans are saying like, well, if she feels better, she shouldn't have to. And the guy was like, no, like that's the big problem with people that are struggling with mental health. Like, yeah, they, they try to get off their medications because you know, they say, Oh, I feel better. He goes, no, you feel better because the medications are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And she goes, if you, once you get off of those again, you're going to go down a bad path. And I guess that's where she was going. She was going down that bad path again that we mentioned earlier where, you know, you know, she's going to the grocery store naked. Like she's locking herself in the bathroom. That's like a huge thing. Like who does that? Like, I wish I was there. I'm not going to lie, but any, I mean, that's, that was my first, that Britney Spears will always hold a special place in my heart. It was the first time I ever ejaculated. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, I'm not going to say it was my first, but maybe one of the first, but like at the same time though, it's just like when you see someone starting to go down that path again, like it's just like, it's a rough thing. And like, it cannot be, completely healthy you know to have all these like just stands i call them stands you know that are just blindly saying like oh let her have all of her own money no she probably might make some bad mistakes like this again and with a lot of money comes a lot of yes men that are just gonna be like oh you don't need these medications you don't need that anymore where like you've seen it like with freddie mercury you've seen it with michael jackson dude the guy that comes to mind is kanye west like kanye, kanye west kanye yes. west is a dude that should not have control of his own money like this dude is like full on like f- fucking like like he he's a strange case just because he's so like connected to social media to the point where it's like dude like why is your family like letting you like still have an Instagram or whatever like tweeting every five seconds like you're Donald Trump <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't. I think just because he hasn't put one of his kids on his lap while driving yet. That's true. I mean, th- that shows you like with money, you're surrounded by yes men that will just tell you like, yeah, that's cool, Kanye. Like, it go bring- ahead and fly to like Norway and like, 
dye your hair blonde and like live in a teepee for a week or something like it's fucking nuts yeah i don't know this episode could be like six hours long i feel like yeah. but with that said art do you have anything else <laughs> Uh, no, that's it. Shout out to K-Man Coffee. Uh, shout out to Dak Prescott, man. Like, um, I have Ezekiel in my fantasy football league, but I'm going to definitely win in, in our league. I need a Dallas defense to show up because I have them. I'm playing it in my other league. <laughs> so I don't, I, I hope Dak has a bad game, but I also hope that the Dallas defense scores like everything is like a pick six to the house. That's what I'm hoping for. Don't give me a lot of offense, Dallas D offense, but give me a lot of that Dallas defense. Anyways, but yeah, shout out to uh, Dak Prescott for opening up about that. I think it's always really important to like show people that you can be a professional athlete or you could be just a, a, a man and like still like show that you're not perfect. And I, I thought it was really, really good for like someone in the NFL to do it. Guys in the NBA have been doing it, but just especially because he's a quarterback and it's like, you know, a leadership position like I, I thought it was very a strong uh message to do something like that mm-hmm. i agree so with that said everybody please make sure you're checking us out on all the social medias at rnj do america um except for twitter we're at rnj do a1 please make sure you go to our patreon if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of us every week we put out a special bonus episode on the patreon where we just shoot the shit we were talking about yeah. samurai movies and fucking quentin tarantino and there will be blood with Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, Daniel Day Lewis! We didn't do an episode about Daniel Day Lewis. Fuck yeah! So with that said, um, make sure you go to our fucking YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there. Show us some love there. I know there's two, at least two thousand five hundred of you every week that show up on the <laughs> the audio. Make sure you're showing up on the video as well uh, to help us out there. Um, check out both of our sponsors, L.U. Kateko, as well as CavemanCoffee.com. But with that said, make sure you're telling your mamas and your boo too about us. And oh yeah, make sure you <laughs> check out the Podbelly Network. We are officially a member of the Podbelly Network where you can see other great podcasts like Kim and Ket Try to Stay Alive, maybe, as well as Ectoplasm, uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories, our sisters at the We're Not Sure Yet podcast, as well as the world famous Sofa King podcast. So, with that said, everybody, Art, anything else before I call it? Uh, go to artandjacobdoamerica.com. Check right. out our website. Check out it has links to our online store. It has links to Caveman Coffee. It has links to El Yucateco. It has links if you want to drop bo- drop us a line on topics we should cover. And that's it. Check it out. It's just a fun website. All right. Well, that's it, everybody. Have a good night.